0: seats at the college world series this coming friday to watch OU do battle with texas a&m uh we will box seats yes we will be giving those away uh later in the two o'clock hour so stay tuned for that but uh yeah teddy we are going to be live at the session room tomorrow just one block west of charles schwab field myself and travis davidson live from omaha if you're there stop by come grab a t-shirt on your way into or out of Charles Schwab Field as the Sooners get ready to do battle with the Aggies in the opener of the 2022 College World Series. Yeah,
1: we will be up uh we'll be up 4-0 at this point 24 hours from now headed into the uh the third inning. So Is
0: that your pretty official exciting stuff?
1: Yeah, exciting stuff to look forward to. We're going to score that fourth run on a passed ball wild pitch. So um yeah, good stuff. Session Room, that sounds
0: like uh, a live music venue. Uh, It is a bar and live music venue, yes. You know, it's crazy, man, because I was calling around trying to find us a spot, and the owner of the bar happens to be a Sooner fan, which is very Uh convenient because I got on the phone with him, and he was like, yeah, listen, seven of the eight teams in participation at the College World Series have already called me trying to make this spot their home base for the entire tournament, but... I like the Sooners, so we're going to make this work. And so, lo and behold, we made it work. That is where we will be tomorrow for game one of the College World Series, 2-6. to Awesome.
1: Now, are you taking – you're going to go ahead and pack the bass guitar and some equipment (laughs) and maybe do a session yourself while you're there? Maybe
0: play a gig.
1: Yeah, play a a gig. A
0: celebratory gig if the Sooners do close it out against A&M. You
1: never know when someone's bass guitarist uh, has COVID or something. They may need someone to stand in. Show up prepared. You never know what might happen. Could be your big
0: break. All right, I'm bringing the gig bag along.
1: Huh? Awesome. Well, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. Going to be great. Giving away tickets.
0: Uh, what? 2.30, you said, at the bottom of this hour? Yeah, let's let's go ahead and set for the bottom of the hour. About 2.35, we will give away two tickets to the College World Series on Friday.
1: Man, that's awesome. I did not know about this. This is cool. This is big time. And uh, still plenty of time to win some tickets, jump in the car, head up there, uh, stop by the session room for some food, beverages, pregame, and then uh, head over. going to be awesome. I'm, kinda, I, I'm nervous about it a little bit. I don't know why. I, I'm not playing. I've got really <laughs> nothing at stake here, but I'm I'm nervous about it. We're walking around this morning at the house, and I was like, man, God, I just don't lose the Texas A&M, okay? That's that's the first thing right out of the gate is we got to start off by beating Texas A&M. At that point, I'll probably feel a lot better about it, but I know how this happens. My... And it's the same thing during a football season or whatever. My expectations will change moment by moment. We have a couple of hot innings. I'll be saying we're going to win this thing. Start off a little slow. I'll be saying, well, if we just win this one, this will be okay. But um, hopefully go uh, pound Texas A&M and feel really good heading into that second game.
0: Well, absolutely, and you think about what the Sooners' road could look like if they make a run through the winners' bracket in the College World Series. If they beat Texas A&M, they could very realistically end up matched up with Texas in the second round. So the Sooners' road to glory wow. may run through both the Aggies and the Longhorns. It really won't matter. But
1: we've got plenty of beef with A&M. We've got plenty of beef with Texas. Hell, Parker, we have plenty of beef with Notre Dame, right? Do they we really? our
0: quote? Yeah, are you kidding me? Absolutely. I did. I guess I didn't that, realize the beef was that significant.
1: Oh yeah. Well, number one, um, they ended the forty-seven game win streak. Okay, so we've got that, and I'm trying to remember. I get this mixed up in the text line. We'll clear it up immediately. <laughs> Excuse me. OU should have won the Heisman Trophy. I want to say it was in 55 or maybe 56. Hell, maybe it's 50. I'm not sure. One of our players was the clear Heisman Trophy winner, and they gave it to some dude from Notre Dame, and Notre Dame was like 3 and 6 that year. So there's beef there, stolen Heisman Trophy that they did not deserve, and then. Of all people, uh, you know, Lou Holtz steals Oklahoma's quote, started by Bud Wilkinson, slaps it on a a wall. Rudy uh, takes the lie and just throws it all over the world with that movie. And now Lou Holtz is trying to get copyrighted in Notre Dame, and I think they already did. Total crap.
0: Okay, so there's actually beef then. Yeah. Of course I, there is. Okay, well I, I see I haven't been around since the 50s. So I didn't realize it well, went back
1: that far. But You know what you find? There's and I think this is great. There's layers. There's different generations of hatred. I think well, all generations hate Texas. Early generation OU fans hate Notre Dame then like the um, I don't know what the who where the main hatred was in the 70s now I know that it's always been with Texas in the 80s the hatred started with Miami right a lot of hatred towards Miami and you know through the 2000s a lot of hatred towards LSU you know there's different there's different layers to this thing you got to peel the onion back Parker
0: okay I, I, I'll accept that. I, in the 70s, was that hatred that you would have categorized it with Nebraska? Or I don't, is there just enough he, mutual respect in that rivalry that you don't quantify it as hatred?
1: I feel like it's mutual respect, but I'm really speaking out of turn. I don't know. Um, it doesn't seem nearly as uh, as heated as some of the other rivalries. I know, you know, and I think part of the reason is Barry Switzer. I don't. I'm not sure what exactly the record was during that span, but I think he owned them for a long time. And whenever he was done, that's whenever Tom Osborne really stepped to the forefront. Nebraska got out of Oklahoma's shadow. So I, I don't know how much hatred there was, at least from Oklahoma directed towards Nebraska. It may be a different story whenever you talk to Nebraska because. I know they didn't like the brashness of the Sooner teams.
0: Somebody said on the text line, 70s could have been USC. What do you think of that?
1: Yeah, yeah. USC, you know, there was there was some heated back and forth there. Um, gosh, I think, was it was it Switzer's very first game was against number one in the country, USC, and they tied? Something like that, I believe. I know his first season they were 10-0-1 with the tie to USC. I th- I think that's right. I say I know it. I I pretty pretty strong uh, feelings about it, but I'm not sure if it was the first game of the year or first game as head coach or it was early non conference. I know that. So uh, one of yeah, our, I can imagine that one of USC our nine one eight
0: one of them yeah, one of our nine one eight listeners says on the text line lifetime sooner fan named after Marcus Dupree in 1983. Wow, and I hate Notre Dame. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, that's
1: right. Notre Dame, you got to understand, man, Notre Dame was, was on television every single week. But that was the guaranteed game, and and some older folks would, would probably set this straight. I just kind kind of give the guidelines. Uh, they were the national television game, I think, no matter how good they were, no matter what was going on, they were on TV across the country. They were – Almost like, uh, I I don't want to compare Texas to Notre Dame, but imagine someone that the media just forces on the rest of the country nonstop. Uh, A lot of times really good, but sometimes not, and even when they're not, forced at us. That's why I was going to say Texas, but I don't want to give Texas the, um, the satisfaction of being compared to Notre Dame.
0: Okay, let's hit the text line for a few reactions here. Uh, Somebody said, when you play Nebraska, it's business. When you play Texas, it's personal. Another said, born in 70, hate Notre Dame more than anyone. This one's interesting. Uh, This listener from the 580 says, in the 90s, Colorado was a B-word program that we hated.
1: Yeah. No, that's true. That's that's definitely true. Colorado, I think they kind of... They, they kind of burst onto the scene in the 90s and brought some real attitude with them there for a, a decent little run. Colorado was a good program for, you know, through the 90s, and I'm sure there's some up and downs in there, no doubt. But through the 90s, through the early 2000s, Colorado was a legitimate program.
0: Yeah, and they, they, didn't they split a national title in like 91? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Did they split was, with Washington or something like crazy like that?
0: They Who'd split. They split, they with? split with somebody because um, that was the fifth down year, right? Yes, because that was the, yeah, that was the year they got the fifth down against Missouri, and then okay, okay, here you go. Per Colorado Buffaloes football on Wikipedia, Colorado claims the nineteen ninety national title. Okay, so there you go. Interesting. I'm trying there you to go. I'm trying to figure out if they split it with anybody that I year. I feel
1: like someone else I feel like someone else uh, claims that too. I think Tyler and I have had this discussion.
0: Colorado and Georgia Tech.
1: Georgia Tech? Okay. Wow. Yeah.
0: If you told me that Georgia Tech had a claimed national title in the nineties, I Yeah would have gone completely. Okay, so
1: I missed it by a year. Colorado, Georgia Tech, in nineteen ninety, and then in ninety one that's whenever Washington split. Uh, I thought it was ninety. Washington split with Miami in ninety one. So Yeah. That kind oh well, I guess there was that those two years, how bad would that suck? Two years in a row to have split national champions? God, thank God college football doesn't do that anymore.
0: Jay in Tulsa says in the 90s, the hatred for Colorado started when they beat out Oklahoma for quarterback Darian Hagan. I've actually gotten to know Darian Hagan because he's on staff at Colorado as a running backs coach, and obviously when you you work in the field of recruiting, you build relationships with a lot of coaches, and so I've gotten to know Darian. Very nice guy. Uh, I believe he was on – was he – a member, no, it was Eric Biennami that was kind of the keystone for Colorado's 1990 national title team. But yeah. Darian Hagan was one of the option quarterbacks at Colorado in the 90s. Another listener says, born in 79, hate Miami. Uh, another says, OU fans respect Nebraska, but hated the whipping in the 90s and hated Bill Callahan. That's interesting to me because why, why is it that Bill Callahan is the one that OU fans hate? Because I don't know that Bill Callahan ever beat Oklahoma. He was only yeah, at I Nebraska f- for four seasons, and they were not good. I feel like
1: he, I feel like he said some, like had a couple of quotes or something about Oklahoma or maybe the Big Twelve or something. Gosh, I can't remember what it is, but there, there's definitely something there that he, like, he he uh, he kind of started the fight, I guess, so to speak. Um, but hey, again, college football—that's healthy, man. That's what we want.
0: And I just, yeah, I just fact checked this here over the course of Bill Callahan's tenure as Nebraska's head coach, he was zero and three against Oklahoma. So zero and three, never won. Oh, I feel like.
1: He I feel like he had a quote like right after OU beat Okay them. yeah the
0: te- so the text line is providing some clarity. Callahan called us hillbillies. That's what it was. <laughs> Oklahoma fans are hillbillies.
1: Oh man, that is amazing. Amazing. Uh no one Calls Oklahoma fans, hillbillies, except for Oklahoma fans, right? Right. It may be true, but we are the only ones that can say it. You can't. Apparently, (laughs) like this is,
0: everybody hit the text line like simultaneously. Like in an instant, (laughs) we had like 12 texts from people saying, Callahan called us hillbillies. So apparently, the the cut runs pretty deep here.
1: Oh, that's great. That's great. All right, we got to hit a timeout. Quick break. More from The Rush coming up. I'm hanging out at Newcastle Casino, I-44X at 107 in Newcastle. I'm here at the Front Row Sports Bar. we got U.S. Open on. We've got off-track uh, horse betting going on. Really cool stuff. They've always got happy hours starting at 3 o'clock as well, every single day here at the Front Row Sports Bar. Also, stay tuned, 235, we're giving away tickets, box seats, to the College World Series to see Oklahoma play In Game 1. Going to be awesome, so stay tuned. We'll be back.
2: Hey, Sooner fans, we've got you covered. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. No, we don't get a break. (laughs) This is the home of Sooner fans.
0: It is the rush across the Ref Sports Radio Network I'm Parker Thune. I'm in studio. Teddy Lehman is out at Newcastle Casino. I did not figure that 20 minutes into this show on a Thursday, Bill Callahan would be taking a beating on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, but here we are, Teddy.
1: (laughs) Hey, you know what? Um, If anything, this week has been uh, adventurous. We have covered all kinds of random things that we never thought we were going to stumble upon.
0: (laughs) If I recall correctly says one listener on the text line. Lip readers said Callahan, as he was leaving the field, called OU fans effing hillbillies and dropped a single bird going up the ramp. Wow. Wow. I never knew that happened.
1: That is awesome. That Bill Callahan having a uh, Shooter McGavern moment walking off the field in... And Norman is
0: awesome. Oof. Awesome. And he he had to have known that they were never going to forget. He's oh, not. No way. He's not dense. He had to have mm. known that OU fans, as passionate as they are, were going to hold that against him forever. Somebody said on the text line, ironic because Callahan's haircut at Nebraska was the definition of hillbilly. Now that is fact. <laughs> <laughs> What was his haircut? I just remember it kind of being like a floppy
1: mop on top of his head, Yes,
0: precisely. That's basically what it was. Kind of a Kirby Smart type of haircut. It just kind of flops around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Kirby Smart. That's about what it looked like. (laughs) Bill Callahan, from a uh, physical appearance standpoint, was Kirby Smart before Kirby Smart.
1: That's funny. Uh, And if I remember right, It was a totally kind of off the wall type of hire um, because it was a weird era. You know, you go from Tom Osborne, uh, and then Solich takes over. Who he had been Osborne's offensive coordinator for some time, right?
0: That's correct. Yeah,
1: and then you know, kind of unceremoniously. Uh, forced out there by Nebraska fans, even though he had done a really good job. But I think they could see the writing on the wall with where things were going. And it took a while to recover from that, but uh, weren't bad there in, near the 2010s uh, around that era, the Domican era. And then
0: after that, it's just haven't been able to bounce back. I mean, I, I'll tell you this much. The last Nebraska football game I attended was a Nebraska-Kansas game, which at that time, Teddy, and this tells you how long ago this was, at that time, that was a pretty dang big game because Kansas was a year removed from going to the Orange Bowl, winning it, and actually getting a vote as national champions. And Nebraska, in the early days of the Bo Polini era, was trending upwards on the national spectrum as well. It was a frigid day in Lincoln, Nebraska, in 2008. And Dominican Sioux caught a touchdown pass that day, and Nebraska won 45-35. That's the Nebraska story that I tell every so often on the air because that is the most recent Nebraska game I have attended. That drought will end, obviously, this fall when Oklahoma visits. But at the time
1: well, – la- That's the last passing touchdown Nebraska's had, I think. That, that may uh, very well Dominican be true.
0: Oh. Do, do you remember watching Taylor Martinez attempt to throw a football? No, not That's really. That's probably for the best, because <laughs> it, prob- it probably would have given you PTSD flashbacks down the line. Watching uh, Taylor Martinez try to throw a football, not to be confused with Adrian Martinez. Watching Taylor Martinez try to throw a football was... Uh, that was a, that was the experience of a lifetime. It looked like he was feeding pigeons or something. But yeah. Taylor Martinez... I, I, this is how delusional Nebraska fans can beat Teddy. I had people tell me up in that era with straight faces, yeah, Taylor Martinez is going to be a first-round draft pick when he's done in Nebraska. Woo! Now, going back to the Bill Callahan hire, at the time that was actually pretty big for Nebraska because he was coming what, Raiders off, were coming off a Super Bowl, right? They had been to a Super Bowl, lost to the Buccaneers. But, yeah, Callahan was one year removed from coaching in the Super Bowl and all of a sudden he's the head coach at Nebraska. It did not last. It was not pretty, but hey, to Bill's credit, he's built himself a pretty solid career in the aftermath as an assistant coach in the NFL.
1: Yeah. He's gosh, he's been he's been all over the place. He's been uh,
0: he's been coaching for 40 plus years at this point.
1: Yeah. You know, I just I I get that those coaches love it, but I don't know. I think I'd be hard pressed to ever. Uh, well, not hard pressed. I'll say it right now. There's no way I would work that long, especially making as much money as he's made. No <laughs>
0: chance. Well, and as as we learned yesterday on this show, you want no part of coaching anyway. Well, I want w- no part of working. <laughs> I
1: I want to go do the things that I want to do, and I know that I. Well, if you're doing what you love, it's not work. And he loves coaching. Yeah, but you're still obligated to be there, just all the time. I don't know. Hey, I guess more power to him. I just I feel like there's way more stuff out there to enjoy, but maybe not. Maybe not. So I feel like he's just like a uh, those coaches that do it forever. It's like a you're just like a. Like a non-player character in a game, you're just you're just filling that void for whatever reason, and you're never
0: going to go do anything else. So strange. So, so somebody on the text line wants to know: Did you guys both grow up OU fans, or did you root for someone else growing up? I,
1: as strange as this sounds, I rooted for no one growing up. Was not an OU fan, but was not anti OU. I just kind of like only watch sports very rarely and like as when I was a kid if I watched sports if I watched a baseball game that happened to be on on Saturday or Sunday afternoon I'd watch like 10 minutes of it and then I'd go outside and like try and recreate what I saw on my own right or same thing with football I'd watch like part of a football game might be on on Sunday afternoon and my dad's asleep on the couch and I'd watch like a couple of things and then I'd go outside and like throw the football at <laughs> a tree or something like I'm throwing a touchdown pass. I I just didn't watch sports not because I didn't love it but because I'd rather do it.
0: Yes, and on my end I I so I did grow up an OU fan. I'm the son of two OU alumni, so was kind of born into it. And it, you know it's funny, Teddy. I've mentioned this before on the air, but growing up, pulling for OU, uh, you would figure I have an extensive library of memories from every single year of Sooner football, going back to the time I was five or six, right? Which I do for the most part. But I tell you what: for whatever reason, I have blocked out the vast majority of the Landry Jones era. Like I have, I have very sparse memories of anything that happened on the football field for OU between 2010 and 2012. Really? Yes. So I, what is that that's is that how old were you? I would have been 11, 12, 13 at that point. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. So I I don't know why that is, but I have absolutely no recollection of the Fiesta Bowl against UConn, the Insight Bowl against Iowa, even the Cotton Bowl against Texas A&M. I remember none of those things. Well, I I,
1: I like Landry Jones a lot. Uh, I've always had good interactions with him. He's 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 a good dude. But there's a bunch of Sooner fans out there that are jealous of you. That uh, you know you have no recollection <laughs> of the Landry Jones years for whatever reason. Um, The Landry Jones era was, and I've talked about this before. My theory is uh, he was doomed to fail no matter what. He's coming after a Heisman Trophy winner, uh, after a a failed national championship bid against Florida, and Stoops had had his, like, eight-year, nine-year honeymoon, right? You won the first one in 2000. There, there's going to be a bunch of them come. Didn't win it in 03 when you had a chance. Didn't win it in 04. Okay, we're finally going to get it again in 08. Didn't happen. So I think the anger of all of those failures finally hit Sooner fans, and it was pointed directly at Landry Jones. That's my theory.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 Landry Jones also had the very unenviable task of filling Sam Bradford's shoes, and he All had right. to fill those shoes a lot earlier than he anticipated, too, because of the separated shoulder that Bradford struggled with his final his final year in an Oklahoma uniform. Yep. All right, got to hit a timeout. Quick break here.
1: On the other side, we're giving away some tickets to the College World Series, so you better stay tuned. Hanging out here at Newcastle Casino. We'll be back.
2: The Ref. Network studios are powered by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire. Wind. Theft. Tornado. We can help. Call 405-735-5510.
1: Rush is back. Hour number one. Teddy Lehman here. Parker Thune back in the studio. I'm hanging out at Newcastle Casino. I'm right here at the Front Row Sports Bar. We've got U.S. Open golf on. We've got off-track betting. Uh, they've also got happy hours going to kick in here at three o'clock, three to six every single day. You got three fifty uh, domestics, and you've got five dollar wells every three to six. Uh, Right here at the Front Row Sports Bar, Newcastle Casino. All right, Parker, let's give away some
0: tickets. Let's do it. So here's how this is going to work. First off, if you're not going to use these tickets, please don't participate because we want these tickets to go to somebody that can use them tomorrow in Omaha. Here's what we're looking at. I'm going to ask a trivia question, an OU baseball trivia question. First person to text in the correct response, accompanied by a screenshot of the KREF app on their phone, We'll get two lower-level tickets to the College World Series tomorrow to watch Oklahoma square off with Texas A&M. Again, text in the correct answer accompanied by a screenshot of the KREF app on your phone. Here is the question. Oklahoma last won the College World Series in 1994. Which pitcher was on the mound for the final out of the series? There you go. So if you have the correct answer, take a screenshot of the Kref app on your phone, text us that screenshot along with your response. First correct answer and screenshot gets two tickets to the College World Series tomorrow in Omaha. So I think I know it. Do you think you know it? Yeah. Okay. Well, you can't say it yet, but uh, I'll have. Once we have the correct answer on the text line, I'll go ahead and turn it over to you, and we can get your guess.
1: Okay. Okay. okay.
0: Uh, awesome. Uh, well, okay, there's a correct response. It doesn't have a screenshot attached. Well, hang on. So they may, may come in. Hold up, hold yeah. up. Okay, we got a winner. We got a winner. winner. Jesse is our winner. Just texted in his screenshot accompanied by the correct answer, which is? Bucky Buckles? Bucky Buckles. There you yes. go, Teddy. Okay, so Jesse, I'm going to coordinate with with you once we get to break here, and you will be taken home. Two tickets to the College World Series tomorrow in Omaha. So, there we go. Didn't take long. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. A lot of people hit the text line very quickly with the correct answer. But Jesse was the first to send in his screenshot as well. So
1: The uh, knuckle curve specialist, right? Knuckle
0: curve. Yeah, man. There we go. Awesome.
1: That's really cool. Really, really cool. And I heard Steely and Drake play the final call uh, right there in the last segment whenever OU won it and i got to say pretty crappy final call for a national championship uh win for Oklahoma really <laughs> it was well it was that? greg gumble on the call wasn't it yeah was not very good
0: yeah, that was maybe
1: it, it is a tv call uh, but it was it was it was pretty lame. That's the one pretty thing about lame.
0: that's the one thing about doing TV play-by-play versus doing radio play-by-play. The one thing you always learn is talk a lot more when you're on the radio because people can't actually see and you got to paint the picture for them, but mm-hmm. I tell you who was the best at this is Vin Scully. Vin Scully yeah. doing TV play-by-play, that man mastered the art of silence. And that's what yeah. made him so good at his job. Well, it wasn't so
1: much silence in the call. It was uh, absolutely zero enthusiasm at all. He was painting the picture of like a, uh, like, uh, I don't know, someone pulling into a parking lot and backing into a parking space is, is about what it, the energy level he had uh, was was not very good. Maybe Maybe I just kind of misheard it, but. I don't know. Didn't leave much of an impression for a national championship. But very cool. How about that? A couple of tickets uh, to go up to the College World Series, Omaha, game one, session one, right? Or, uh, is is yeah, that how that very, works? So very, yeah. very
0: first game of the entire CWS is OU versus A&M tomorrow afternoon. So, again, Travis Davidson and I will be up there, one block west of Charles Schwab Field, at the Session Room, live with the Friday Rush, two to six p.m. So, whether you want to swing by before or after the game, come by the Session Room, grab a ref T-shirt. We will be there all afternoon. Awesome, awesome,
1: awesome, awesome. Well, good stuff. Uh, you've been watching. Are you a golf fan? Do you watch much of the? Uh, majors. Uh, so I am, I am a
0: golf fan. Uh, I wouldn't say an avid golf fan, but definitely a golf fan. I will watch the majors. That's about it, because you know there's golf on every single weekend, and right. it, it, go, golf can get very monotonous if you're watching it every single weekend. So yep. I will stay in tune with the majors, though, and all of the happenings therein. I agree.
1: Um, now with this open, Rory goes out, shoots an opening round 67. Pretty nice. There's what. Oh, four guys as of right now that are tied with the lead at at three under. Still a ton of guys uh, left out on the course. But my hope for this thing is that uh, Dustin Johnson or one of the guys from the LIV tour ends up paired with Rory McIlroy on Sunday. That would be the best. As many shots as uh, Rory's fired at those guys that would be pretty interesting. That would uh that would draw some some viewers I imagine. It's,
0: it's funny Teddy because Rory historically has been a very diplomatic, very docile guy, but I mean, he is throwing haymakers at the uh, yeah. at the live tour, or LIV, what, whatever you want to call it. Rory is pulling no punches. Right.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. Um I, I don't know. It's the whole thing is fascinating to me. Um, I just I I I find it strange how only randomly in very small intermittent sessions do people uh, get upset about where money's coming from and who's funding what. Right. Very rarely. Uh huh. PGA Tour had no problem with the Saudi money funding some of their partners previously. But all of a sudden now, whenever some of the tour players are thinking about making the move, are they all of a sudden getting all up in arms about it? The timing is very interesting. Never a problem before, but all of a sudden is now. All I'm saying
0: is be consistent. That's it. Do you think the Live Tour lasts, Teddy? Do you think it lasts? Um,
1: that's interesting.
0: Like long-term, is it an actual thing?
1: I, th- I, th- I would say, I would say yes, but I don't know that it will ever necessarily truly be considered a competitor to the PGA.
0: Okay. And that's fair. You know? Yeah, it's. It's the type of thing, though, where the PGA just has such an edge on every other wannabe golf league that there is. Well, yeah,
1: they've got (laughs) a hundred years jumpstart on them, right? Uh,
0: And we've seen this with uh, – use football as an example, right? We've seen the AAF. We've seen the XFL in recent years. The new one is the rebranded Rebirth USFL. None of those leagues are ever going to challenge the NFL because they lack (laughs) the name brand that the NFL has – and they also lack the investment that the NFL has. The thing that yeah. intrigues me about the lift tour is that there's a lot of money behind it.
1: Yeah. Here's the difference in my opinion. You know, to start a, a different football league, you're asking football fans who already have their allegiances and their teams to make way for someone totally new. That is... Going to be of lower quality. That's a hard ask. With the golf thing, it's you're kind of doing the same thing, but uh, they can be because of the money, way more competitive with the the new up and coming talent than any of these other leagues can. I right? uh, it, it wouldn't be shocking to me if. I don't know whoever the number one collegiate player was uh, signed a big deal to play on the LIV tour right out of the gate. You know, if, if that's where all the money is and they're guaranteeing it and, you know, that, that way you can acquire some really top talent. But here's the thing. If that top talent isn't going to be able to play in the majors, which that's going to be the critical thing because... The real driving force between golf, of golf, is the majors and the major winners. Everyone else is—it's just kind of filler. Yeah, you won the John Deere Classic. Awesome, that's really cool. <laughs> but what did you do in the Open this year? If if somehow they're able to carve those guys out of all of the majors, that will be, in my opinion, the uh, the nail in the coffin. Okay. Because I mean, imagine if you have. But let's just say Dustin Johnson wins the U.S. Open this year. And then uh, I don't know who Gooch or or Schwarz or, or DeChambeau win the British. And, you know, they're still playing in the LIV tour. Like that is like – that's the dream scenario for whoever's funding that tour. The nightmare scenario is here before too long, there's an agreement between – but the USGA, I think, is who runs the Open, and I don't know who runs the British Open. Like, if they all come into agreement that if you're not on the PGA or, or like, they somehow find a way to carve those guys out, like, that's that's the nightmare. You want those guys to go get the attention in the majors and then come back and play on in your tour. So don't know how it's going to uh, unfold. All right, quick timeout. More from the Rush coming up. I'm hanging out today at Newcastle Casino, I-44X at 107. We got happy hour going on. Come see us.
2: Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. You're home for Sooner fans.
0: Man, I get juiced every time I hear that promo. Been running all week. And I can't wait to get up to Omaha. The Rush will be live with myself, Parker Thune, and Travis Davidson tomorrow, 2 to 6, at the Session Room in downtown Omaha. For now, however, it is myself and our resident Buckus Award winner, Teddy Lehman, who is live at Newcastle Casino, wrapping up our number one. So, Teddy, what exactly, you mentioned it at the top of the show, what exactly is getting you nervous about this Omaha visit for the Sooners? I don't know. I I don't know what's getting me nervous. I'm
1: just um, I think I'm so looking forward to it, so hopeful that they do something special. Um, just I, th- I think that's really it. I, I I don't worry about their ability. I don't worry about any of that stuff. You know, unfortunately, baseball maybe more than than any other sport. Has a lot of luck involved? That it does. I mean, you you can, yeah, as a team, you can be hitting the crap out of the ball, but it may just be happening instead of uh, being fair. Maybe a few inches foul. Instead of going into a gap, it you know it, it may go to a, a second baseman or a shortstop. You know, there's there's a lot of those things that. I mean you can kind of control where you hit the ball but it's you for the most part you're trying to put the bat on the baseball some other things are just kind of left up to chance so you know i'm just hoping they 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 get the bounces and continue to stay hot
0: well and what do we talked about all week too pitching travels at the college world series that has a lot yeah. to do with how the park plays and look eldell mitchell is a pitchers park too and the sooners have had no trouble Hitting it over the wall at Al Dale all season,
1: but well, uh, I talk, I had Toby, uh, Gabe, Iker, and I had Toby on the uh, our podcast last night and asked him. I asked him that specific question, and you know, OU's offense. There's some teams uh, perennially that have big offenses that are based on power, mm-hmm. home run hitting power, and those teams typically do not do well there. True. Uh, Oklahoma has a really good offense, but their offense is not a what you would consider a power offense. They create a lot of their runs with uh, you know, small ball. Yeah, um, base running, stealing bases, uh, hit and run type of stuff. And you know, Toby credits Skip Johnson turning the offense over to Reggie Willets for that, and uh, it's been fantastic. So he considered the ballpark to be. Uh, And one of the things that's kind of in the favor of Oklahoma, assuming they continue to play the way that they have, um, that should be, that should fall into their favor.
0: Yeah, no, it's a good point. And the reality is Oklahoma has been able to put up runs without relying on the long ball this year. And you look at some of the teams that have relied on the long ball, Tennessee didn't even get here. We've been talking about it all week. Tennessee didn't even make it to Omaha, but if you can put up runs, doesn't really matter how If you got hot bats coming into Omaha. Yeah, that can carry.
1: No doubt. All right, quick timeout. Hour number two of The Rush is coming up next here from Newcastle Casino.
2: I ain't telling you no lie. The heart brings you back. Football, you love it, we love it, you live it, we live it, you need it, we got it. Nobody covers college football better. The Rush, right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network.